0: Co-worker of yours.
1: No. <laughs>
2: Coming up in about 15 minutes, we'll be joined by the quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes will be on the show. Congratulations on getting through your nine and five. Thank you so much for listening. It is The Drive on 6th Sense Sports Radio, 6 Sports.com, and the Odyssey app. I'm here. Rob is here taking you up until six o'clock. We'll replay our conversation with Patrick Mahomes coming up in just a bit. If you missed it, Sean O'Hara of NFL Network. He had this to say earlier today about Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen.
3: As NFL fans, we got robbed by another chance for to see more Josh Allen in that game. If the kicker makes the field goal, we're going into overtime. So I go back to that 13-second game where they changed the overtime rules because of that game because Josh didn't get a chance to do that. But look, I would those rankings right there. I mean, you could change them week to week if you want, but still, I'm taking Regardless of the outcome, I'm taking Josh Allen every single time. You're,
4: you're, you, why are you taking Josh Allen over Patrick Mahomes, the guy who's won multiple Super Bowls? He's been I, a multiple I MVP, both in Super Bowls and yeah. the regular season. I think
3: Mahomes has the better team. That's why. But I, but, but pure quarterback play, I think Josh Allen Oh, is, is no, You're not going to get me going viral. You're no. not going to get me going viral on that. That, that
2: came from Sean. Sean O'Hara did not come from Bucky Brooke. No, Mom, no, no, no. You can't no. argue that the Chiefs have a better
3: defense right now. <laughs> uh, I mean, they do they have better, a better defense. Better tight end. Yeah. Better running back. Better offensive line. So, look, Mahomes, this is not a disrespect on Mahomes. Look, I mean, I, if Josh Allen, it's 1A and 1B right there. Like I said, you can, you know, alternate them week to week. But Chiefs have the better team. Mahomes has the better team. Josh Allen, he's still looking for some help. Can I get somebody to catch the ball? Can I get somebody to make the oh. field?
2: I want to give you some stats before we play our conversation with Patrick Mahomes because it is frustrating to me that people in my field, in my industry, continue to spread this nonsense and Josh Allen propaganda. Patrick Mahomes in his career has 13 playoff wins. He has been to the Super Bowl three times, he has won two of them, he has two NFL MVP awards. Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, and Lamar Jackson have 12 playoff wins combined between the three of them. They also have two MVPs. They have only been to the Super Bowl one time between the three of them, and they have zero rings combined between the three. I think Lamar Jackson is amazing, and I'm excited to see what he looks like against this defense who has been so consistent all year. Joe Burrow has been incredible in his career. He has had an amazing last five-year run from his junior year at LSU up until now. Joe Burrow has been one of the best quarterbacks in the world. We got to see Josh Allen, who I thought played really well for about 55 minutes of the game on Sunday. You had 50 million people watch it. Two great quarterbacks going head-to-head please stop comparing Patrick Mahomes to all of the current quarterbacks in the league. The only quarterbacks that I believe that you can continue to compare him to are all retired. It's Tom Brady. It's Joe Montana. It's Terry Bradshaw. It's quarterbacks who have been a part of a dynasty. Quarterbacks who have multiple MVPs, multiple rings, who have 15-plus playoff appearances, guys who have done it at the absolute high level. We are not arguing his status amongst these regular quarterbacks. We are arguing his place among the elites. There's a tier system even amongst the greats. Not all Hall of Famers are built evenly. Not all great players are the same. There's a difference between being LeBron James and Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler's phenomenal, but he's not LeBron James. Lamar Jackson's great. He's going to have the most rushing yards of any quarterback that we have ever seen. We know that he's not Patrick Mahomes. Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes has owned you in these scenarios. You've gone up against him three times. One of the times you got blown out, the other time, Patrick Mahomes went down the field in 13 seconds, and we just saw what happened on Sunday. You had multiple chances in the fourth quarter, and your team could never take the lead. You're not Pat. And that's okay. But we don't have to continue to compare him to any current NFL quarterback because the comparisons are nonsense. Not when you have more playoff wins than the other three guys that are in your caliber combined. Not when you have as many MVPs as all three of them do. Not when they as a group have only been to the Super Bowl one time and you've been to the Super Bowl three times by yourself and it could be four depending on the outcome of Sunday. It's disrespectful to Patrick Mahomes to continue to do this. It is insulting to continue to do this. That's what it is. It is insulting to continue to do this to Patrick Mahomes when he has played at an all-time level. He has more postseason wins than Aaron Rodgers. He has as many postseason wins as John Elway. He has 13 playoff wins. Josh Allen has five. Burrow has five by himself. Lamar Jackson has as many postseason wins as Baker Mayfield does. Stop comparing him with Patrick Mahomes. It's nonsense. So before we play our conversation with Pat, Rob, I at least wanted to play that. I at least wanted you guys to hear that and at least hear the numbers and the raw data because I'm sure this week we will hear a lot of comparisons. We'll see some tale of the tape. Don't listen to it. Don't pay attention to it. It's nonsense, and it's not based in, I don't know, watching the games. So I want to play some audio for you really quick. This was Deion Dawkins. Now, Deion Dawkins plays on the offensive line for the Buffalo Bills. He's actually a really good player. This audio comes from last Thursday when he was asked about Patrick Mahomes coming to Buffalo to play his first road postseason game. Here's what Deion Dawkins had to say.
5: No disrespect. What year is this for, Pat? Seven or eight? Seven. Seven, Seven, right? He's only been here once. So he's never been here. Simple as that. Pat has never been to the Bills Stadium in full effect. I'm excited because it'll be environment to be different and not to say it's in our favor but stadium is our favor i don't care what nobody says this is the most dopest feeling i've ever had like we've like we're having two back-to-back playoff games home like come on now like we get to leave and go eat wings like like it's it's cool so good luck
2: now you heard it deon dawkins had a little bass in his voice there whenever you start with no disrespect You're really about to say some nonsense, the remainder of whatever you got to say. At first, he said, I don't want to say it's an advantage, but it is an advantage. He finally has to come to us. We get to play and then go eat wings afterwards. He was feeling himself, and there's nothing wrong with that. I like a little trash talk. It's good for the business. I like when they go back and forth. But just like that old skit from Chappelle's show.
6: You're watching when keeping it real goes wrong.
2: You eventually got to play against Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. And you know what happened? What always happens between these two teams? Buffalo lost. They lost in a heartbreaking fashion. Every loss they've had against Kansas City has been heartbreaking. Whether it was the image of Diggs standing on the field and watching Kansas City celebrate and saying that he was going to use that as motivation, obviously it wasn't motivation for you to use the jugs machine. You can't catch whether it was the 13-second loss, whether it was this week right in front of your fans, that you have completely demoralized your fans, that they don't even know how to move forward with you as an organization.
6: Tonight's game, we should have had it. We should have yeah. had it, but it was a heartbreak. And yeah. I just want to know, how do you guys endure the the losses and still sticking with your team? What a choice do you have? I I guess you just don't have a choice. You got to stay with
2: your team. That loss was so hurtful that that middle-aged man was contemplating changing teams. He was ready to cheer for the New York Jets after that loss. He was ready to go cheer for the Carolina Panthers because he had had it up to here with Buffalo. Well, Deion Dawkins did a follow-up interview, sat down with Kay Adams. You heard his tone before the game. Here was his tone after the game. I'm gonna tell you the truth, right? People are so not weird, but people
5: just be trying to find any type of fuel, right? In the in in that interview, I started off with look, this is no disrespect. Cause it's not. I'm just speaking the fact. I was just speaking the fact that Pat Mahomes has never came to the to our stadium. So, you know, like good luck with whatever you have to do to figure out what you have to do to win, which he did. so
0: yeah it, it do you think do hard. you think like, it do you think it played it, a factor what people out there saying why'd you give him fuel bulletin board like you like Man, people are no. sort of saying that you you got him going
5: no, he wasn't thinking about that the whole game like he wasn't like oh this is my good luck drive oh this is watch i'm about to show him good luck good luck like no like absolutely not like like people see media clips and people see what goes on and and that's just and what it is but uh no i don't think and, and that that fueled him uh but i definitely think that as a top competitor on this planet like like he kept that there like all right Cool. I got you. But Bet. that's why. And we play like yeah. like we don't play to be quiet. Like I don't play to be quiet. Um, I talk smack when I'm playing games. And this is what makes it fun. Like, you know,
2: <laughs> he didn't have near that tone in his voice the second time. I mean, I, I said no disrespect. No, Dion, you know what happened? Your mouth wrote a check that your behind. Couldn't cash. I love the back and forth. I love the trash talk. You got 60 minutes to prove it on the field. And whether it's Burrowhead and all the nonsense that we saw Cincinnati do, how Buffalo, their players and their fan base put so much stock into Pat finally has to come here and he has to go through us and he has to face your fans. He didn't seem really fazed by it. He threw for 215 yards, two touchdowns, didn't throw a pick, and he left with another win against your fan base that has you questioning why Kansas City owns your soul. It's always the Chiefs at home oh, now. Come on.
6: I just feels so empty. Just sad overall. It's not even frustration, or it is frustration, but we're not even mad. It's just sad.
2: The Chiefs are in Baltimore this week, right? They're playing the Ravens. And Rob, I know you've seen the wire before. What's that saying? You come at the king, you best not miss. It's exactly what Deion Dawkins tried to do. Unfortunately, his team missed. Earlier today, we got the opportunity to catch up with the quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs
7: has one of the most impressive resumes on planet earth two-time mvp
5: slings it to mckinnon at the 40 to the 30 to the 20 to the 10 to the 5 touchdown batman loves this stadium underhanded shovel for a 56-yard
7: touchdown. touchdown! Two-time Super Bowl champ.
3: Mahomes in the pocket, floats a pass near side, Kelsey over the shoulder, he's got the catch, he's got the touchdown!
5: Kansas City, a beautifully thrown ball as
7: Mahomes to Kelsey. And the only place in the world where he does an interview weekly is right here on The Drive with CDOT. It's
8: not something that I would say I'm a Waffle House guy, but I definitely... We made our
7: appearance at Waffle House a couple of times.
8: 310 means
2: one thing. Here's Patrick Mahomes. Each week we get the opportunity to catch up with the quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs. This week our conversation with the quarterback started with last week the conversation was that you had never played a road playoff game. How does it feel to now be undefeated in road playoff games?
8: Yeah, no, uh, definitely happy to get the win. Um, obviously, it was a great environment, um, but I was glad that we were able to go in there, come together, and uh, find a way to get a win. And now we're we're on the Baltimore, so it's going to be uh, it's going to be a lot of fun this week uh, preparing for this challenge, and uh, we're we're excited for it.
2: Let me ask you this: What hurts more, getting hit by Aaron Donald, or getting hit with one of those snowballs that were being thrown by the Buffalo faithful?
8: Well, I luckily enough, I didn't get hit. Uh, there were some that came awfully close, but. Uh, Yeah, I would probably say Aaron Donald, but I I don't have that experience of getting hit by the snowball. But uh, yeah, definitely it was wild. But uh, like we said, it was a lot of fun out there.
2: I just want to get your kind of first person just recollection of that moment, that image of you running off the field. And Ted Cruz is right there next to you. You just got done doing the interview with Tracy Wolfson. That's as big as I've seen you smile in a while. How happy are you in that moment? What's going through your head when you were going off the field knowing what you guys just accomplished?
8: Yeah, I mean, definitely. You're excited. I mean, to be able to go on the road in the playoffs and win a game is is hard to do. Um, And so to be able to go up against a great team like that and get a win and um, I was running over trying to get my headband and my my sleeve, uh, a kid with my jersey on and snowballs start flying. I mean, it's just like you're a little kid again, man. You're just playing football in the backyard with your friends and your family and uh, you you come out with the win. You're smiling, running back in the house
2: they showed a pretty cool moment of you and your team inside the locker room, and the camera then cuts to you and you said, hey, they asked for this, they wanted this, they got it, and you guys just won. And Travis comes in and says, but we still got more business to do. Let's turn it up. Was there anything that was said that maybe gave you extra motivation over the course of this week in this fun back-and-forth rivalry? No, I mean, I
8: don't know. if You have to be motivated to play these games, man. I mean, everybody w- wanted us to... Wanted us to go on the road, and we were able to go on the road and, and get a win. I mean, you have to accept the challenge in this league. I mean, every single week's going to be tough, especially in the playoffs. And there's a lot of great environments around the league. And so to be able to, to get yourself motivated enough to go out there and play your best ball, um, uh, it's special. And I think this group does a great job of it. And there's, it's not just me. We've got, got a lot of great leaders on this team. I think that video, you can see that.
2: Normally I try to have some well-thought-out question, but I'll just throw it to you this. How great was Travis on Sunday?
8: Yeah, I mean, he was awesome, man. I mean, I think um, you could tell he stepped his game up. I mean, he, he's got the most touchdowns. Um, he got the most touchdowns between me and him for a reason, man. He sets his game up in the biggest games. Um, he makes the plays. He makes the catches, and he blocks. I mean, he does whatever it takes to win the football game, and that's why I'm glad he's on my team.
2: Are you a fan of the history of this game? You and Travis Kelsey have more touchdowns than Rice in Montana. You and Kelsey have more touchdowns than Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski. How cool is it for you two together to sit atop that list?
8: Yeah, I know. I mean, it's, it's, it really is really cool. I mean, um, those are four of the greatest players of all time. I mean, Tom is the greatest player of all time, and there's like three other ones that are in that separate hall that Dion talks about in the Hall of Fame. Uh, I mean, it's going to be uh, cool to be able to look back at our careers and say that we're on top of that list. I'm sure it will get broken at some point, but – um it really is something that uh we never even think about but every time you see your name with those guys uh names around it you know you're doing something pretty cool
2: speaking of tom brady on his podcast this week he said that you are a guy that always figures out how to get it done i can't think of a greater compliment to be paid than tom brady to say you are a guy who always figures out a way to shine through in big time moments
8: yeah no for sure i mean um i have a lot of uh, I, I watch a lot of th- Tom and the way he was able to drive the ball down the football field and win games and, um, and just lead his team. I think mean, that's the biggest thing is when you think of Tom Brady, you think of the ultimate leader, uh, someone that everyone w- wants to go out there and give everything they have to, to help that guy win. Um, and I try to do the same stuff. I mean, he, obviously he's beaten me in the playoffs, so I, I've seen it firsthand. Um, but uh, it's, it's not something about how it gets done. It's about getting it done and finding a way to win. And um, I'm, I'm doing whatever I can to be a leader like that and try to win. As much as, he, as much as he's won and uh, continues to do.
2: I want to go back just a little bit, but I'm curious, how important was that end of the season, that game against the Los Angeles Chargers? You don't play in that game. Isaiah Pacheco doesn't play. Travis makes the decision to not play in that game. Sneed, how important of it was from a team concept for you to kind of get that mental and physical break? Because it feels like it really, really was a positive for Travis now in the playoffs.
8: Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, obviously the rest is always great, especially um for older guys like Travis um but I think for everybody I mean getting your body right um getting yourself ready to go for the playoffs I think like you said the mental side of it I think it's not even the mental of taking a day of the game off it's being being energized for your teammates being on the sideline letting these guys that work their tail off every single day showing them like the success they have and showing how much we care about them as well I think that just brought the team together because um, we had been through uh, some tough times and we were battling through to get to the playoffs and To have that break and just get back to loving football again. I think that was something that was special and it kinda we carried that momentum into the playoffs.
2: Patrick, a couple of years ago, you guys have the historic win against Buffalo and you guys are unable to go to the Super Bowl. How much of your message as a team for the guys who were there a couple of years ago that had that thirteen second comeback, in my opinion, the best game that we've ever seen in Arrowhead to hey, I know this win is great, but we got to finish the job. How much is, is part of your message this week?
8: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think guys understand that. Um, guys that were here and guys that weren't here. I mean, we if you cut the tape on and you watch the Ravens play, you know they're going to bring the energy, they're going to bring the juice, the physicality, and we're going to play our best football in order to win. Um, and so uh, for us, um, we're just going go to go back to making the playbook the way we want it, going out there, getting everything we got, um, and trying to find a way to win at the end.
2: Right now we're talking to Patrick Mahomes getting ready for the championship round against Baltimore. Patrick, you've gone up against this defense basically every day since July. What makes this defense so great?
8: Yeah, I mean, I think just uh, the fact that they're they're deep at every level. I mean, you, you see guys, I mean, when injuries happen, guys step in and they can play. Um, they disguise very well. They got the players that can just go one-on-one and match up and, and, and stop guys, and they make great adjustments. I mean, if you look at that game against Buffalo, Buffalo was – doing a lot of great things. They got a lot of great players, and they made the adjustments at halftime and were able to hold them to seven points in the second half, and that's a a tall task to do against a team like that. And so um, they're well coached. They got the players to do it, and they got the depth to do it as well, and they fly around and play for each other.
2: I'm curious on a personal level for you what sort of clicks for you in the postseason because this season you had the most interceptions that you've had in a regular season, but so far through the first two games, you haven't thrown an interception. You haven't thrown an interception in your last five postseason games. That's over 150 passes. What is it about you that kind of starts to really pare things down once we get to the postseason?
8: Yeah, I mean, you've got to really execute on the details. I mean, I try to do that all season long, but obviously in the postseason it's magnified even more, and um, turnovers are such a big deal in the NFL, um, especially in the postseason on who wins games. You want to try to protect that football um and um you still want to be aggressive you still want to take shots down the field but just knowing when to do that and um at the end of the day it's just finding a way to win and for me if that's throwing for 350 yards or throwing for 100 yards as long as we're winning the football game and moving to the next round um you're winning
2: we talk a lot about your relationship with a lot of other quarterbacks you know you and Josh Allen seem to get along very well you and Joe Burrow have had some friendly rivalries you and Justin Herbert where are you at with Lamar Jackson
8: yeah I mean every time I'm interacting with Lamar man he's a great dude um He's someone that loves football. Um, you tell you tell his teammates love him. I mean, plays like you can see how he plays that competitiveness that he has, um, and he's had success at every level. Um, it's not someone that I text like every week or anything like that, which I don't do with mo- most of the other quarterbacks. But I know when I go and in, go into that game this weekend, he's gonna have that competitive fire, just like uh, all of us, and we're gonna try to do whatever we can to beat each other, and uh, the best man will come out on top.
2: You're a fan of this game. You and I have had a lot of conversations over the years about you just on a Monday night watching football. Do you ever just watch him in awe of some of the things that he can do?
8: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think everyone in the NFL does. I mean, it's not just the running, but I mean, just to be able to throw the different arm slots, um, to be accurate, throw it downfield. I mean, he can do it it all. And that's why he's going to hope. I mean, I'm not hopefully, but going to be winning his second MVP probably and Um, I think uh, that just speaks to the type of player he is. He continues to get better and better. Um, That's what we're all trying to do in this league. Um, And uh, it'll be a great challenge for us, and we're excited uh, to go out there to their place and see, see what we can do.
2: Houston had six offensive line penalties in their matchup against Baltimore. Someone found the audio of you talking about going on the road against Baltimore and how you had to use the silent count. Had was one of the more difficult environments. How important is some of that nonverbal communication that you and I talked about last week against Buffalo? You guys executed that really well in the second round. How important is that going to be this week?
8: It's extremely important. I mean, they do a great job of disguising. Um, they, do, they have a, a well-coached defense, players everywhere, and they do a great job of disguising and trying to – time up your snap counts and stuff like that. So you got to be able to use that nonverbal uh, communication to be on the same page with also trying to get them to give away some of their coverages. I mean, it, it's a, it's going to be a, a, a real a real factor in the game, and you saw that in the Houston game. And, I mean, I played there on Sunday night and the Monday night, and I know it's going to be even louder than that, and those two games were – some of the lotus I've been a part of. So it'll be a, it'll be a great environment, and we're excited for the challenge.
2: Two final questions here, Patrick, and I'll get you out of here. Number one, we had Mitch Holtz on the show yesterday, and I asked him what did he see from Baltimore on film. He said that he didn't see a weakness on that team. When you watch Baltimore, what do you see from that Ravens team?
8: Yeah, I mean, there's a reason that they're in this game. I mean, they have no weakness. Um, I mean, obviously, I was watching most of the defense. But no, no weakness on that defensive line. No weakness in the linebacker group, obviously, with the Pro Bowlers there. And then the secondary playing their tail off as well. I mean, there really is a a, a truly great group of uh, football players, and they they fly around. They play fast. They play hard. Um, and and uh, it's gonna be a great challenge for us. I mean, but what what else can you ask for? It's the best going up against the best. That's what you have in this round with four teams left. Um, and uh, whoever makes the less mistakes and goes on execute at a high enough level is gonna win it.
2: Last thing here. I'm just gonna guess that you seeing Jason Kelsey shirtless in the suite. That doesn't even make his top five, top ten. I'm guessing.
8: No, man. I mean, that's just Jason being Jason. That Kelsey family, man. They they uh they live on high energy. Um, they, they, and they're they're a family, man. They love each other and they're gonna support each other. So uh, it's cool to see. And uh, I mean, that was an all time moment. Uh, but at the same time, I mean, he's had a lot better. So I mean, I, who who knows what he'll do this week.
2: That is Patrick Mahomes joining us on the show today, the quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs. Patrick, last week's game against Buffalo was great. I think we're all hoping for another great one this weekend. Good luck, man. Appreciate you hopping on today. Yeah, appreciate you. That's the quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, joining us on the show. If you missed any part of that conversation, be sure to check it out at 610 Sports Radio, 610sports.com, and the Odyssey app. Coming up on the other side... I think maybe some of you owe Andy Reid an apology. I'll tell you what for. Keep it right here. It's The Drive on 610 Sports Radio.
7: The Drive with Carrington Harrison. Brought to you by Deep Moore. Car, truck, or motorcycle wreck? Remember, Mike's got this. On 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app.
9: Kansas City, it's Brett Veach. You're listening to The Drive with Carrington Harrison on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Now, I was here every day
2: during the football season. And some of you had a lot to say about Andy Reid and Matt Nagy and the way that they were calling plays and the way that they were handling the offense. And I was with you guys on a lot of those things. But I tried to always offer up a solution. And how I thought that the offense could start to take form. Now, I'm not here to pat myself on the back in this segment, but I feel like the Chiefs have done a lot of the things that I said and they've had great success. I wanted them to prominently feature Isaiah Pacheco. Well, what if I told you that so far through two games, Isaiah Pacheco has 20, excuse me, 39 carries. That is as many carries as Christian McCaffrey had last postseason. I think the Chiefs have done a really good job of featuring Isaiah Pacheco and made him a prominent part of their offense. I then look at the wide receiver complaints, and one of the complaints that I had was I thought they were trying to get too many people involved. I think there were too many cooks in the kitchen. That problem has been eliminated. Sky Moore hasn't played in a while. Kadarius Tony's been banged up these last couple of weeks, and they are not trying to force feed the ball to wide receiver four or wide receiver number five to get him a touch and try to keep him happy. This offense has really focused in on Isaiah Pacheco, Rasheed Rice, and Travis Kelsey. They have cut down on the mistakes from the quarterback position and the rest of the team. They just have, I guess, they have two turnovers in two games, but the first turnover in the game against Miami, the Clyde Everett a fumbled. The game was out of reach. I don't really care that much about that turnover. I think for the most part, if this was like a restaurant or like a business, and they have one of those boxes where you could levy a complaint. I feel like most of the complaints that people wrote down. I feel like Andy went into the box, read the suggestions, and they've actually done them in the playoffs. They've worked. They've given the ball to one of their most explosive players in Isaiah Pacheco when they have remained balanced through their first two games. They found the Travis Kelsey of old in their second game. And Rasheed Rice had 130 yards in the game against Miami. I would say, Rob, that the Chiefs listened to us
9: offensively and it's worked. I think they deserve credit for that. I think they do deserve credit, but I don't think the narrative around him hating to run the ball is all that wrong. I think it's because in the moments that people notice the most, which, let's be honest, over the sample size of an entire game, fans remember moments. They don't remember every play. But in the moments that matter most, Andy's propensity to pass first shows up. In the Chiefs and Bills game, we don't talk about it because winning washes away all the mistakes. After that stop, the Chiefs got the ball midfield-ish. I think they even got a first down. Then they threw three passes. I even checked my Twitter. Three passes, Andy? What are we doing? Three straight passes led to three incompletions, and the clock stopped, and the Chiefs gave the ball back to Josh Allen. Now, he went down the field. They got stopped. They missed the field goal. All is well that ends well for Kansas City. But the narrative is born in moments like that. The balance of 60 minutes falls out of people's head when they see, hey, it's – you know what, cut in time, and he leans on the pass game despite a successful run game going into that drive. The same way the narrative about him being a bad clock manager was born because in the moments people remembered, he was managing the clock poorly. Now, he's gotten over that, or Patrick Mahomes is so great, he's gotten past that, but those narratives are born out of moments, and he did have a forgot-about-the-run moment in the Bills game It's just we don't talk about it because the Bills game didn't result in a loss.
2: I see that scenario a little bit differently than you see it. So the part you're talking about, after the fumble, it's a touchback. Buffalo gets the ball first and 10 from the 20-yard line. It is 12 minutes and nine seconds left on the clock. Well, Buffalo goes three and out. They then punt the ball back to Kansas City with 10 minutes to go in the game. If I'm Kansas City, at least how I'm thinking, if I'm the head coach, hey, if we can put together a six-minute touchdown drive and go get up double digits, we have won this football game. So I don't really fault them by being aggressive in that scenario and trying to score. Their first play went to Rasheed Rice. They then ran the ball with Isaiah Pacheco. They then got a pass interference. I think that was the play where Kelsey was doing the crossing route. It was a little 50-50 on if that was a pass interference or not. They then come out, and they try to go win the game. Hey, we got first and 10 from the 50-yard line with less than 10 minutes to go. Pat. Go score, go win this game, and let's go up 10 with less than eight minutes to go. I think that was right there for Kansas City. I'm not torn up that they didn't run in that scenario by trusting Mahomes, especially in a game in which they had more rush attempts than pass attempts. I don't know if we've ever been able to say that in a Chiefs game. The Chiefs have played 16 playoff games of Patrick Mahomes. This team ran the ball 24 times and threw it 23 times. They've never had that formula in the postseason. I think they are relying on their most important weapon, which has been Isaiah Pacheco, and keeping it balanced. And when necessary, let's get Travis Kelsey involved. Let's get Rasheed Rice involved, and let's really hone in on who can really help us. That's what I thought they did in this game. I give them a lot of credit for how they really pared down the offense and they've just, they're starting to get the ball to their playmakers. They're going to throw it to MVS. He played well. They're not cutting MVS out of the offense. The targets went Travis Kelsey, MVS, Rasheed Rice, Noah Gray, and then everybody else just got one target. Pacheco, Hardman, Justin Watson, and Clyde Everett That's how it should be for the most part with this offense. They tried to get the ball to their playmakers, and they obviously had a lot of success in getting the ball to their playmakers. I want to play this for you because I don't know if all of you got a chance to hear this. Tom Brady has a podcast. It's called Let's Go, and he was recapping the weekend action. And here's what he had to say about Patrick Mahomes.
6: He's an incredible competitor, and I think it's on display in the biggest moment. So, I, everyone, I got a lot of questions for you. And what do you think? It's at Buffalo. And I said, I think I like Patrick. He he doesn't phase doesn't him. He doesn't care that it's in Buffalo. He wants to go out and play who's ever the best to see how he matches up. And... He always seems to play his best in the big moments. And, you know, even the Super Bowl where we got him in when we were in Tampa, he was, you know, he was running all over. He ran for 450 yards, you know, horizontally across the field in order to get passes off. And there was kind of an onslaught of pressure, but he still, in those moments, was giving his team a chance to win from his athletic ability, his tenacity, his competitiveness. He's got so many of the intangibles. So beyond his ability to throw the ball, run it when he does. He had a great run yesterday. I think he's got these intangibles that everyone believes. And I said it in the third quarter yesterday, as soon as Casey took the lead, it felt like Buffalo's got to go. Oh God, this is not the game we wanted.
2: I can't think of a bigger compliment that you can be paid as a quarterback. than Tom Brady saying that you play your best in big moments because he is the best we have ever seen in big moments if you had to show like your 13-year-old kid why Tom Brady was so great, I don't know if he would like really understand it because he just didn't get a chance to see it the way that you and I got a chance to see it. You can just show him that comeback against the Atlanta Falcons. Just show him that. Like he doesn't have the super highlight package where he makes three guys miss and throws it across his body, across the field on a rope. That was never Tom Brady. But for 20 years, whenever the Patriots needed a big play, they got it. And for that guy to say that your quarterback plays his best in big moments, that's like Tiger Woods calling you clutch. That's Kobe Bryant saying you got the Mamba mentality. That's Usain Bolt saying that you're really fast. That's what it is. Tom Brady just gave Patrick Mahomes the biggest compliment that you can ever be paid as an NFL quarterback. And we have seen a lot of like great postseason players in our life, like players who have in the biggest moments stepped up. That's why people consider Michael Jordan. The goat is we have seen enough Michael Jordan and enough playoff scenarios to know exactly what would happen. He's going to score 45 with the flu. He's going to hit the last second shot against the Utah jazz. He's going to hit the shot over Elo. We have 15 years of information saying that's what would happen. We're getting to that point with Patrick Mahomes. It hasn't been 15 years. It's been six years of every single time they are in that spot, whether it's down 10 in the Super Bowl, whether it's down 24 against the Houston Texans, whether it's on the road in Buffalo in your first road playoff game. I am going to do exactly what we need to do in every single one of these situations for us to beat my competition. And that is exactly what we saw Tom Brady do for 20 years. That is why some of you hate Tom Brady. And that is exactly why almost every other fan base, that is exactly why they hate Patrick Mahomes. Keep it right here. It's The Drive.
7: You're listening to The Drive with Carrington Harrison. Remember to follow the show on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by Deep Moore. Car wreck? Get the money you deserve. Mike's got this on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. You're listening to The Drive. Now CDOT's got
2: one extra point. Yo, this show is Swifty friendly. I embrace Taylor Swift and her fan base supporting the Kansas City Chiefs. It's been a fun ride. Every time they show her on the screen, it looks like they're having a ball up there. She's just coming to the games, decked out, supporting her boo. Her and Brittany are just watching the game. Just look like they're just old pals having a great time. They're not bothering nobody. Well, something really cool happened. You guys probably saw the video. Jason Kelsey, he was turned up. He was very, very excited about the contest between the Chiefs and the Bills. And there was a little girl who had a Taylor Swift sign. Well, you know what? Travis Kelsey made it possible so Taylor Swift could see this little girl sign and made this little girl's day. I want to play for you. They interviewed her. The two
5: guys in front of us were yelling to um, Jason, like, give her a chance. And then I get, Jason drunk his beer. And then he, he, He he, he opened up the window He climbed out of the suite and then gave the girl next to us a photo. And then um, he said, let's show Taylor this sign.
2: Taylor Swift is bringing people together. Why do you hate that so much? She's been bringing people together. Your nine-year-old daughter, she was not interested in watching Patrick Mahomes go out there and play football. She's been interested this season. Why is that? She didn't just find a new interest in football randomly. It's because Taylor's at the game. You and your daughter are having chats and talking about the game. She asked you for a Travis Kelsey jersey. Last time, last Super Bowl when the Chiefs was, she was on TikTok the whole game, never looked up. Now she's dialed into this Chiefs run. This little girl will remember that memory for the rest of her life. She got to meet her favorite musician. She got to meet Taylor Swift at a game. It's not like she's going to grow up a Bills fan. She's already going to have it tough. But she got to meet Taylor Swift. She don't even care they lost. She might be a Chiefs fan after this. She might be an Eagles fan. She might actually have a chance in NFL fandom because of this act of kindness. I'm here for Taylor going to the games. It's
9: fun to me. You think Will Kane is just so angry at this story? Heated. Triggered. (laughs) Pissed. Irate. (laughs) That little girl got held up to Taylor Swift and Jason Kelsey? Yuck.
2: When do you think that Jason put his shirt back on?
9: Like, when do you think it was like,
2: I want to put my shirt on.
9: I think the hotel I saw photos of him like in the tunnel post game talking to Travis shirtless shirtless just didn't have a shirt on I mean, maybe back in the car. But I think by the time he arrived at the, t- at the hotel, he was re I mean, It's blood alcohol level. You could have bought an airhead. Actually, did he go back to the hotel? Could have I mean, bought a double bubble. His future sister-in-law has more money than God. Maybe she just flew him home. Yeah, maybe. Who knows? Who knows? Taylor's been great. You know, she's been great. She's
2: been fun. I'm I'm happy. If they're happy, I'm happy. I'm supporting it. I mean, that's that's real love. She came to that frigid playoff game. She went to Buffalo, New York. She could have been anywhere in the world. Like, literally anywhere in the world. Could have hung out with anybody in the world. She went to Buffalo, New York to watch football in January. That's love. She's going to Baltimore in January. You know it's not scenic. Love, man.
9: That's what it is. It's love. Love makes you do crazy things. Have you seen that story from E.T. that Entertainment Tonight, that they are going to uh, have something special planned for Valentine's Day? Bro.
2: Now, I'm, I'm all for their relationship. These updates are normal things that people do in relationships.
9: He's going to make it all about Taylor per reports. <laughs> These things are like normal things. Breaking, guy makes girl makes girlfriend the priority on Valentine's
2: Day. <laughs> yeah, I saw that thing in e- in uh, entertainment tonight too. Travis has special Valentine's Day play. Well, yeah. That woman went to Thursday night football Chiefs and Broncos. Travis, she lives in Kansas City, Missouri, lives here. No tie, no affiliation, just lives here. That's the least you can do. That is the least you can do. Someone on the text line said, C.D.O.T. Taylor should have come down with security or brought them to the suite to take pics with the girls and not just smile and wave at the sign. I I don't think you understand that if Taylor Swift had left that suite to go amongst the fans it would not have gone well. It would not have gone well. I mean, Jason can jump out the suite. She can't jump out the suite. Yeah, it would not have gone well. <laughs> I don't think you understand that Taylor can't move Taylor can't move the way that everybody else can move. You know how I was saying like the difference in like rich and wealthy and like famous and a celebrity. Jason Kelsey is famous. He is famous. That is not what Taylor Swift is. No, it is uh, next. It is another level. No, she could not have left. She did exactly what she was supposed to do. She smiled. She waved. Great. Everyone. Will, everyone's happy. I don't know if Taylor should have done any more in that scenario. Taylor's played it cool. Played it very cool, I think, over the last couple of weeks. All right. We will be back tomorrow. Tomorrow is when we really start to transition away from the Bills game and looking ahead to the Baltimore game. I think you guys will be very happy about what we have planned over the course of the next three days. Also, Aaron Ladd. At least we getting him out of the way early, though. <laughs> At least we getting him. He's our first guest. Keeping him 215 to 220. Get that out of the way. We got to get our one obligation, and then we're done with Aaron Ladd. We're only shooting for heavy hitters after that. Get Aaron Ladd away from us. It's the drive.